Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of In Love. I am your host, Nicole Mitchell, and I am so happy and grateful to be here and to have the opportunity to speak to you all. Uh, so the topic for today's um, podcast is going to be finding joy. Finding joy. Where is it? Where can we find it? Right. And I want to start off the conversation by just taking some time to reflect on what makes you happy or what makes people happy. I think for some people, it could be being with friends or buying a new outfit or. I don't know, having a really nice home-cooked meal, uh, receiving a gift from a friend. I mean, there are a slew of different things that will make people happy for a period of time, right? But what happens when you don't receive any gifts from a friend or you don't have a nice home-cooked meal to eat or... You don't have the money to buy brand new clothes or you don't have any friends, right? You don't have anybody that you could truly connect with. Does that mean that now you are no longer happy or happiness can't be found or joy can't be found? So I want to, you know, talk on this and, and explore this a little bit further and kind of give the perspective that joy, happiness is not something that is found outside of you, but actually something that is found within. So contrary to popular belief, the true goal of life is to know God. And the true reward of life is to see God one day. I know that for myself, that is the dream, that is the hope, um, that is the ultimate final destination is to be accepted and to meet my creator in heaven, right? So measuring happiness and contentment and joy with money, fame, um, having a great career will ultimately leave you emotionally bankrupt because these things will pass away. You can't carry them into eternity. And like the examples that I gave before, it it it's these things are momentary. Like they're 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 not eternal, right? You can lose money, you can lose fame, you can lose your job. So None of these things are constant, right? So the true, the true measurement of happiness and contentment is found in God's love and really striving to do his will. You know, it's a comfort. It's a real comfort to know that God loves you and that he created you and that he completely understands you. He gets what you're faced with. 
He's right there with you, even if you cannot see him. And we, you know, we say him, but right, God is a spirit. So even though we can't see it with the physical eye, he is with us. And when you place God first, he will give you the joy you are so desperately seeking for in the world. There's not much out there. And I believe that we're living in a time where people are realizing this more and more, that the world really has nothing to offer us, right? So I join in David, you know, in saying, um, he said, David said in, in Psalm 40, uh, verse eight, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I take joy. It makes me happy to do your will. It makes me happy to feel at peace and in one accord with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This, this brings me joy. This is not a burden for me, right? So does this mean that I never have a day where I feel down or I feel upset or even have mixed emotions? No, we're all human. I'm hu human. But even in those moments, it's like I'm reminded of this treasure that I have. It's like this secret treasure that is worth so much. So even though things are rocky around me, it's like I just, I think back and I remember and I see this treasure. I have this treasure and that brings a smile. That brings joy to my heart, even in the midst of all the mess. I know that I have this gift. I have this, this savior. I have this, this precious stone with me. So I have, I can't do anything else but be happy and joyful because I know what I have. Each and every one of you has a purpose, has a destiny. God intended for you to be here. And when I look back on my life and I see, you know, I, I reflect, I see that there were moments when happiness felt so distant. It felt so far away. I was sad. I was depressed because of how I was treated by others and also because of how I treated myself, how I spoke to myself, how I saw myself, that internalized oppression, that internalized, I, I, I even want to say hate, right, for myself, just as a Black woman and how society kind of sees us and treats us, that can start to seep in. And that can cause a lot of unhappiness and a lot of pain, right? Think about work, being unhappy in your job, being unhappy in, 
in relationships and not only intimate relationships. Like there were times when I was really unhappy with the relationships that I had with my colleagues at work, with family members. So just unhappy with with the, the relationships that you have in your life, unhappy with the way I looked, right? And these are still things that sometimes come up for me, right? Unhappy about, you know, there's a slew, there's a slew of things that, that, that I was unhappy about. Right. And, and these, these moments of pain and these moments of unhappiness, I realize now are tools that God sometimes uses to draw us nearer to him. In those moments when I felt unhappy, when I felt sad, when I felt the exact opposite of joy, in those moments, I cried out to God and he heard me. He called me. He said, come. He told me that he still wanted to be with me. He told me that there was so much more beyond this life that I could trust him, that there was more than what I could see, touch, hear, feel, and smell. There's so much more. This life doesn't stop once we pass away. It goes on. There is life eternal. There is more to this story. He has more in store for me. And he also has more in store for you. We read in Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy, fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God drew me into his presence. And this is where I found true joy in his presence. And you can find it too, by talking to him, meditating on him, believing in him. And this is key. Without true belief, it is impossible to please God. Without truly believing in God and who he is, it's going to be very difficult for him to work in you. But we also have to remember that all he needs is a little faith, a little faith, as small as a mustard seed, mustard seed faith, and you will see your life transformed. I guarantee you, I saw my life transformed, and I guarantee you that you will see your life transformed. In Psalms 22, Uh, verses 26 to 28. It says, the poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. Everlasting, infinity. This This is divine. This is forever. Our minds can't even begin to fathom what infinity and what eternity really means and what that looks like, what everlasting looks like. God is saying here 
that all who seek him will praise him, will give thanksgiving, will thank him, and their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy, a joy that will not end, a joy that isn't contingent on whether or not you have a, a, um, a big house, that isn't contingent on you uh, achieving um, the status of, I don't know, king, queen. It's not contingent on anything. This joy is free. This joy is in God. This joy cannot be replaced by anything. This joy will last forever. And when you really think about that and you think about the things that bring you joy in the here and now, we got to remember that this isn't going to be, it's not going to last forever. None of it is going to last forever. So why not pursue an everlasting joy by seeking God, by seeking the Lord? And even through the rough times, even when it's rough, this joy remains. This joy is still there. And in fact, James, uh, in the Bible, it says in chapter, in James chapter one, verse two to three, it says, it pushes you even more. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Well, I want my faith to be perseverant. I want my faith to push through. I want my faith to be strong. I want, I want to strengthen my faith, right? So we know that when our faith is tested, it produces perseverance. And we also know that when we go through trials, so when we do hit rough times, that we should consider this joy because it's all connected. One leads to the next, right? So even in these rough moments, I have to, I have to still kind of reframe my mind to say, you know what, I'm going through a hard time right now, but I'm going to give God thanks because I know that he is with me. And when I get through this, it will strengthen my faith. And my faith is so important. My faith is, is the substance of my existence, my faith in the almighty God. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Going back to what I said about the treasure, and this really is a depiction of, of, of how, how I see it. Even when all hell is breaking loose, so to speak, I have something. I, I have this treasure. I can laugh, I can smile, I can dance, I can praise in spite, in the midst of it. I can praise God through it because I know victory is mine. I know that he has overcome this world. This is a gift. This is a treasure. This makes me want to smile. This makes me want to jump up and down and shout and it makes me happy. In the book of John, chapter 16, verse 22, it says, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Jesus is telling us, I will see you again. 
and your hearts will rejoice and no one, no one will take your joy from you. Jesus is coming back and what a glorious, what a glorious day it will be, my brothers and my sisters. Nobody's gonna be able to take that joy from you, that everlasting joy from you. Our hearts will rejoice. So even though we may have sorrow now, this is what Jesus is telling us. I will see you again. I will see you again. We also see in the book of Psalm, chapter four, verse seven, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. God, you have put more joy in my heart than they that have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, all these superstars and, and big houses, flashy car and this and that. You have put more joy in my heart than they have with their grain, when their grain and their wine abound. So even in the most destitute situation, I have more joy. I have more joy than somebody who, by the world standards, should have more joy than I do. This is why my, my smile, I'm not driving no big fancy car, I'm not, none of that. But this smile on my face, this treasure that I have, it's, it's, it's impossible to contain it. It, it, it. it begins to infuse your entire body and it, and it, and it almost drips off of you, this joy. People see it, they recognize it. They, they, they want to know why, why are you so happy? Why are you so content? Why does it seem like nothing phases you, right? Why does it seem that way? It's because of this joy that I have in the Lord. It's because though I have not seen him, I love him. In chapter in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 8 to 9, it reads, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean to me? There is an inexpressible joy in my heart knowing that my soul, that my spirit will live on and that it will be joined with my heavenly father. And this is because of my faith. This outcome came from my faith and my belief in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you to believe in him, 
to trust in him, to lean on him, to look to him, to seek him. That is where your joy will be found. Philippians 4.4 is another great verse to remember. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. This is a declaration. This is a declaration to myself, to you, to the world, to the enemy, that I will rejoice in who? In the Lord. And when? Always. And I repeat myself again. I will say, I will rejoice. This is a declaration. Let it be your declaration. No matter what it is that you're going through right now, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in him. Rejoice in your salvation. Rejoice in his goodness. Rejoice in his grace, in his mercy, in his unconditional love. He loves you. He loves you so deeply. That is something to to praise, to give thanks for, to rejoice about. That alone is sufficient. That's enough reason. Now, again, when I look back, and also not only looking back, but looking at my life now and how am I maintaining my joy? I found my joy, but how do you maintain it, right? To make sure that you're you're keeping the engine running, right? Praising and worship is something that definitely helps me to maintain. I will praise my way through whatever difficult situations I'm going through. Just that trust and that security and saying to God, you know what? I know you have this and I'm going to praise you through it. I'm going to trust you. You know, you create a song, you create your own song and melody onto God in your heart. You express your heart to him in thanksgiving, in praise, in worship. You connect with him. In Psalms chapter 68, verse three, it reads, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. When you enter enter into God's presence, when you are alone with him, when you are when you are are in the state of worship with him, you feel his presence. You feel him. You feel the Holy Spirit. And he fills you with joy. He fills you with that feeling of security. He, he, he's, he's Abba Father. He is daddy in those moments. 
So praising and worshiping him, listening to music that's glorifying him, not glorifying self, but glorifying God is an amazing and great way to maintain um, your joy. Also, another thing that helps me is strengthening my faith by reading the word. So when I, when I read my Bible, I'm reminded of how much God has done for me, the unconditional love he has for me. And this makes me so happy. Like when I read the word, I understand God's character and how he feels about me. And again, this makes me feel amazing. You know, I feel good when I read, for example, in um, Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. When I, when I, when I, when I read that, when that sits in my spirit, it, it transforms you. It brings you to, to sometimes repentance. Sometimes it brings you to, God, I want to do more. I, you love me so much. And I just, you know, I want to be better. I want to please you. You know, see if there's any wicked way in me. I want to be, I want to be closer to you. I know now what you expect of me. So strengthening your faith requires you to read the word. When you read the word, you understand God more and you understand also who you are, your own identity in Christ. Another thing that helps me a lot is practicing gratitude. So counting my blessings, I love to journal. I do a lot of journaling, writing how I feel, being very open and transparent with God, you know, letting him know where I'm at. You know, that really is a, a great anecdote, the best medication for sadness and, and, and depression, um, or one of the best um is free it's practicing gratitude it's it's counting your blessings it's remembering you know where you're coming from it's remembering that that could have been me if it wasn't for god i could have been in a much worse situation if it wasn't for god if god didn't save me you know from my abusive ex-partner where would i have been and then i you know i count them and, and this gratitude also helps me to fuel and to feel joyful and to feel happy, right? I'm drawing nearer to God in these moments. So even in my, my journaling, I'm drawing closer. I'm trying to, to be closer, as close as possible to him, because that's where the source of joy is. That's where joy is found. It's not found outside. It's not found external. It's found in God. The scripture reads um, in Psalm 74, 
chapter 70, verse 4. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, God is great. God is great. God is great. God is good. You, 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 it's like that's all that wants to come out of your mouth because it's the truth. He is. He is, and he will always be. He's a good God. This everlasting joy, this treasure that I have, it makes me want to shout, God is good. And what he did for me, he can do for you. And he will do for you. He will. you got to believe it. He will. Try Jesus. For those who have tried everything else and it didn't work, try Jesus. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Another thing that I do to just help maintain um, my joy is service to God. And, you know, let's not make it overly complicated, right? We serve God by serving others right? By loving others and serving others. When we look at the life of Jesus, he served, right? So when we serve others, it could be anything. It could be in ministry. It could be, you know, helping somebody in some way, shape, or form, assisting them. You know, when you serve others, you are also serving God. And when you do for others, God will also see that and he will reward you, you know, even if nobody else sees it, even if nobody else knows, like God sees everything. He's watching us. He's looking over us, right? And everything that you do won't go unnoticed. I know sometimes it feels this way because there's so much injustice in the world and it's like, you know, everybody's doing whatever they want, but there is a God and he's not sleeping and he's watching over us and he wants what's best for us. And he wants us to look to him for joy, to look to him for happiness. He wants us to turn to him. He is our creator. He loves us deeply. So I hope this is encouraging to you, um, just again, in terms of finding joy. I hope after listening to this, you know exactly where to find it. And like I said before, if you haven't tried Jesus, please, please try Jesus. You won't be disappointed. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast and you actually do um, recognize your need for Jesus, and you want to be saved, I encourage you to repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask you for forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart 
and into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. So if you said that prayer, I want you to know that heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. And your father, your heavenly father, is so happy. He's welcoming you in with open arms. Open arms. He is so happy. And the angels are rejoicing. And if you're in the Montreal area and you're looking for a, a church, you can come and visit us at Rehoboth Church of God. We're located at 4874 Grand Boulevard uh, in Montreal, Quebec. And the postal code is H3X3S2. Um, but if you are not in the Montreal area and you said the sinner's prayer, I would strongly encourage you to get connected to your local church. Um, if you have access to the internet, you can Google and see where um, the nearest church of God is and just get connected to, to the church, to other believers, um, I should say, uh, so that you can be in fellowship with other people who are also called. So I want to just thank you so much for listening. And remember, let everything you do be done in love.